Hello, and welcome back to the Artifact Super Awesome Podcast. I am your host, Flash, and I am joined today by a very special guest. His name is Zooches, all right? He's a Twitch streamer. He's uh, very cool. Definitely go check him out after the podcast. Um, and he, I, I think he is our very first guest in our interview uh, portion, right? We're just starting this series. We're starting our interview series. And Zooches, you have the honor of being the first guest. How does that make you feel? That makes me feel a little bit, uh, I don't know, self-conscious. Like I have so much, I have to set the bar so high <laughs> or so low if you really want to like, I don't know, make other guests appear better in contrast. So you let me know. Uh, that, well, we'll see how it goes. You know, I think though we're at a point where I need high quality would be best, right? We want to get the show off and running a good start because if you set the bar really low, it might mean that there won't be any other guests. On there. Sure, sure. Yeah, good point. Okay, I'll do my best to be uh, engaging and uh, humorous. All right. Um, and with that in mind, I, I want you just to uh, kind of get me caught up on your background with um, video games, card games, all that, all the esports things. Sure, sure. So I'll, I'll try to be brief because I'm old, probably compared to most uh, people playing video games these days. But I uh, started playing Magic the Gathering Infinity years ago, did pretty well on the pro scene, uh, had double-digit pro tours and a couple of Grand Prix top eights. After that, I moved on to some much smaller CCGs. I don't know if you've ever heard of a game called Duelist before, but it was one of the first like post-Hearthstone games to come out that mm. was trying to rival it. Uh, that's, that's actually where Mogwai, uh, I don't want to say got a start, because I think he started originally in Pokemon, but... That's where he and I first met each other. But um, I won like half of the tournaments in <laughs> nice. that game. Yeah, like the first uh, half a year that I played. And then I, let's see, have played at just every other CCG under the sun. It feels like Eternal and uh, Gwent. And then with Artifact, uh, I recently qualified for Stan Sifka's big $5,000 tournament. Uh, through the open qualifier, so I got uh, top two in that, nice. which yeah. I hope suggests that I have some idea what I'm talking <laughs> about, but maybe it's just blind luck. I don't know. You know well, you never know with uh, TCGs. Actually, I, I'm going to mention this just because you didn't mention the game. Uh, ever played any Yu-Gi-Oh back in the day? No, no, I didn't. Sorry. Wow, interesting, interesting. No, I, I just it, it's funny how, like for me, that we had the the anime series, right, and that was always like the the yeah. card game i knew as a kid right um yeah. i fear i'll date myself but i think that was a little a little after my time so i don't know i was probably uh no longer in the cartoon watching phase yeah i i think well when i'm trying to think back was it 2003 2002 something like that um but then again i was you know a kid so <laughs> i was in college so <laughs> the, the, there now the, the guests can do the math all right we're not gonna do math yeah. on air oh, God. all right um how did you get into streaming that's that's another question because you said you did quite well right so i'm guessing that that kind of sure. you into that so uh i guess my streaming quote unquote took off not really took off because it really hasn't gone that far but um i was playing in my very first duelist tournament and the tournament organizer, this was back in the day where it was a lot of this was new. So the tournament organizer was using other people's streams to like comment on the game. Like you couldn't spectate a match. Oh, okay. And so I made it to the finals and they're like, hey, dude, uh, do you mind streaming the finals for us? And I very quickly like threw together a stream. I'd already had all the basics because at one point in time I thought about streaming, you know, magic or something. Um, but I had like, I don't know, eight followers at that point in time. Uh, so I threw together a stream and it was a blast and I won the tournament. And then I just started kind of streaming on the regular at that point. And that's how I got involved. And it was sort of ser serendipitous is maybe not the right word, but fortuitous is, mm. uh, yeah, I, uh, just sort of like fell into it and really enjoyed it. Uh, I, want to think that i'm a pretty good showman but who knows maybe i'm just exceedingly boring uh <laughs> it's really hard for me to tell you know i you, to be fair i think there's especially on twitch nowadays there's kind of niches right um yeah. what i've enjoyed personally is when when i whenever i go into your into your stream there's just 
really nice vibe you're interacting with the t- uh, with the chat and you're just kind of you know like i i i feel like it why you know it, it's not like i think you are entertaining but you're not like i'm gonna yell a lot of stuff you know really loudly yeah. and try to look at me kind of you know uh streaming i don't feel like that's your mode of of streaming so i that's what i enjoy about it good um, good yeah no it's really cool to hear that um actually i have a yeah before we move on kind of past this kind of your background section did you ever experience esports like not um not related to uh card games at all uh you mean like first person shooters or league of legends or anything like that yeah i'm thinking more um the viewing side of it too uh did you follow any scenes or was it just for you mostly card games it was mostly card games i to be completely blunt, like that's really what I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Like I really like the tactical sort of like almost turn-based strategy of card games. I know I'm using the term not in the correct way, but like I, I don't like the constant movement stuff. I like to sit and think about my turn and like, okay, this is what I will do. Um, so for me, it's always been just card games. Uh, I don't know for better or worse. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I've played my fair share of halo and super smash brothers but uh that's i never followed any of those scenes or anything like that gosh that's good to know that's good to know um yeah no it's it's interesting because i (laughs) i was always someone who who um if i may interject myself a little bit probably should please not interviewing um if 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 i start out with uh starcraft 2 that was like a big big esports game that's that's kind of where everything started right the whole scene yep um and remember when it was the thing on twitch it was like you were streaming like starcraft was number one always like it was 2010 to 2012 there was no competitors like league of legends hadn't really kicked off yet um and that's kind of my foray but then uh i think i got hearthstone unreleased and then I thought I thought I was done with the game because you kind of played a little bit and stuff. And I played, you know, like I said, a little bit of Yu-Gi-Oh back in the day. Nothing competitive, but just it was it was. I liked, honestly, I liked the Yu-Gi-Oh Game Boy Color game. That was really okay. Cool. That was that was actually probably my first experience with card games, um, and actually knowing what the rules were because they was automated, right? Unlike uh, a nine-year-old yeah. that doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> you know, nine-year-old me was just like, oh, this card's cool. And we just yeah. be like we some blue eyes and we just attack. I don't know. That, that was that was my. I, Man, yeah. I I miss the days of when I was like a wide eyed child playing with Magic the Gathering cards, where it's like it doesn't matter if the card's good, man. You're summoning like a demon or an angel, and you're like, whoa. You now knew the I, rules I, as a child. Oh my goodness. This, you no, must I, be a genius. <laughs> I, it's, no, I mean, I'm just saying. Like now, it's like, well, this card trades with this card more optimally. And before it'd be like, this card's a giant living plant. Whoa. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, honestly, I get that a little bit with Thunderhide uh, Alpha. Okay. <laughs> some of that card, I'm like, oh, oh. Yeah, that guy's a big boy. I don't care if he's being blocked by a creep and I'm doing no damage this turn. Oh. Yeah, I, I really like Valves. I know we're sort of going off on a tangent, it's so okay. you can rein no, me no, back I'll in if you want. I'll rein you back in when I want to. Yeah, keep but going. I really like Valve's animations for stuff like that. With like Thunderhide Pack, how you see just a stampede of dust and it slams on the board and the board shakes. Man, they go into... I'm not like a Valve fanboy or anything like that. Like I, I just really appreciate some of this detail that they've put into the game. Like all of the animations and... Honestly, my favorite thing in the game, I was actually bragging to my girlfriend about this, is like, there are so many voice lines. They have voice lines for, like, specific interactions between units yep, and yep. heroes. It's like, what in the world? That's brilliant. And I, that's they probably have a whole team working on just that, like a lore-related yeah. <laughs> voice line. That's, that's brilliant. I hope that is a standard thing moving forward, because it's like, how many times can you listen to Knife Juggler's one line? It's like, oh my god. <laughs> fuck off uh yep um all right i'm gonna run it back here uh yeah quick question is this a family-friendly podcast should i should i dial back my profanity listen this is actually a funny story and some of our viewers may know this some viewers may not know this our first episode we did we got um a lot of views from reddit 
Um, <laughs> and and yeah, we got like it was we were on like the top page of Reddit for a brief stint with like sixteen upvotes or whatever. Um, it's probably a slow day. Um, but but uh, there like the top Reddit comment was like, well, someone asked like whether it was clean. I'm like, oh, I guess I yeah, I guess it was kind of clean, right? Um, and so then we started like doing clean podcasts, right? <laughs> but I, I, I think, well, and it was fine because the two people, like, we, we didn't swear too much, so it wasn't really a problem. But I've always figured as soon as the guest's on, I'm like, whatever, you know? Like, I don't think, I don't think I'm going to get too much, uh, you know, well, people uh, unfollowing because if you swear or whatever. So I'll try to rein it in. Uh, fair warning, though, I actually use a lot of really antiquated phrases like good grief <laughs> and, uh, uh, holy moly i don't know great googly moogly just stuff that no one no one in their like actual lives in 2019 says right i don't know what happened to me as a child but i was infused with the power of like 1950s vernacular so wow that's your warning Uh, unbelievable i I think we'll need we'll need to put a warning uh contains (laughs) phrases that might date you um no uh i think we're good um yeah, okay, I'm just going to ask you about streaming artifact in particular and sure. how do you feel casual players respond to the game to Twitch streamers, you know? Like Twitch streamers are it's 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 a little different, you know? And I think the cool thing is there's a there's a certain level of knowledge you need to be really good, right? But yeah. unlike um let me let me just yeah. Uh unlike StarCraft, right? Where I always felt like that game was really difficult, but in the end it's two armies that are clashing into each other. So even if you don't know what's going on, you can kind of follow what's going on. It's like, oh, this has more units. Like, these units are fighting each other, right? But an artifact, while you see that, there's three lanes, there's all these, like, items, and there's all these, you know what I mean? How do you feel like that translates to the casual viewer? So, like, is is this someone completely unversed in artifact or completely unversed in CCGs or, like, they've never seen a video game before? (laughs) No, I'm guessing in artifact it would be someone who at least has some familiarity um, with TCGs, but maybe not Artifact yet. That would, that so, would be the person. I think that it actually... It, it probably bodes a little bit better than some of the TCGs out there. I mean, with all of them, you kind of have this end game of get your opponent to zero life, and that's a pretty obvious like end game solution that most people probably pick up inherently. And with the three different lanes, I think that you can see sort of um, at a glance, even if you're unversed in CCGs, that like, oh, this lane's at one health, it's on the cusp of dying. Um, but the the nuances of like, oh, you could kill two lanes or you could kill one lane super hard mm-hmm. to get victory, and like understanding the sort of dynamics of how how do you prioritize lanes and how you can interact with other lanes. I, I do think it's a complicated game, but I think that the visuals are a lot easier to understand than some other games. For example, like just take magic. Like with magic, when you declare an attack, you have no idea how your opponent's going to block. So it's like, oh, he could block like this, block like that. And you really don't know what's going to happen. But with with artifact, like you can tell like that guy is going to die. Not only is he in front of this like giant hero, but there's a big red X on his face. You can understand how much damage is going to happen because they've got all the details right there. That is something that I really like that Valve does. That having been said, like from a overarching strategic standpoint, I can't imagine that it would be easy to pick up for just like the casual viewer. But I don't think it's that difficult to understand if someone explains the basic rules to you in like thirty seconds. I I, I feel so. I feel that as well. Actually, I feel if someone plays one game, maybe two games, then you kind of get it. Um, this is a big thing in the beta when you're watching a lot of the beta things and then you're, you know, you're yeah. like, you, you actually get the game and you're like, oh, this makes a lot more sense now because I've played one or two games, right? Yeah, I, I and I didn't watch any of the beta, so I'm like, I'm just fresh out of the gates. I started right as the, uh, the open, I guess, w- once it was released at the end of November. So I've only been playing for like a month-ish and never really paid attention while the game was in beta, so... I, I I never really watched the content before I started playing. I just sort of jumped into it, and that to me definitely opens my eyes. Yeah. Uh, but I, I agree. Like 
a little hands-on experience with this game goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the end. <laughs> yeah. All right. Great. Um, and then uh, I was just kind of on this streaming uh, kind of aspect. How do you think uh, content creators can kind of promote themselves better in this game? Because I feel we've kind of we've kind of had a little bit of whirlwind. Um, yeah. And I'll, I'll get I'll have a question more specifically about that in 2018. But if you were to say, you know, someone's making, I don't know, YouTube videos on, like, what are the best decks or whatever, uh, how would you tell them, hey, this is how you should probably promote, get, you know? Okay, so, first of all, just so we're clear here, this is great advice, but it's not necessarily advice that I follow myself, because I'm (laughs) lazy sometimes, and I'm, like, not really trying to do this as a career, but... um, for example, if I were trying to like make my name for myself, you know, I'd have a YouTube channel. Every time I posted something, I would post it on my Twitter, which I think is pretty important to have for content creators. I would post it in the subreddit. I would uh, see about trying to get your name out there with some of the artifact-focused sites, which I know are sort of just coming into existence. But I used to write a lot a, a, for a lot of different games. Like I've been a a writer of strategy and content for just about every game that I've played um, many times being paid for it. I don't think that that exists in the world of artifact right now, but um, you should should hit valve up. They might want something for the tournaments coming up. Yeah, maybe, maybe duelist was the heyday for me. They were giving me like a bunch of money for every article that I was writing for them, which is great. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think just ensuring that you have a consistent schedule, which of course I don't really have, and uh, <laughs> letting people know when that is. Like, if you go to my Twitch stream, it still says like here are the times that I'm streaming: Monday, Wednesday, Friday at six to eleven. But I can't imagine me ever sticking to that schedule. At one point I did, but at this point I've, unless I have a real change of heart after this interview, which I might. <laughs> <laughs> why would this interview be the, the the starting point you're like you know what this is full t- like i'm gonna keep to my original plan i'm gonna you know i don't know it just it's inspiring to like talk about it like yeah i could do this yeah zooch isn't that hard stop being such a lazy little butt um but i think consistency is a pretty big factor and i think just being what's the best way to put this? You want to get your content out there, but you don't want it to be obnoxious in the way that you put it out there. There's one um, person who asked me a similar question a couple of years ago about how to do this. And I won't name him obviously, but he got a bad rep on Reddit for being like, Oh, this guy only posts his own content and he never contributes at all elsewhere. So well, I don't know. I, I've Be- recently found out. I, I, this is just a little backstory. I recently found out most Reddits now don't really let let you post your own content. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's. I mean, which is which is tough when you're trying to promote. But uh, now I'm. I've just been sticking to the uh, self promotion sub, like in the actual discords, because then it's like, oh, everybody's just posting themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The discords uh, one where you. I would also do it, but that also feels like a huge just like sea of people posting their content so it it feels like i would get drowned out um that that is yeah that's kind of the feeling um as for the reddit so the i think the artifact specific subreddit rules say not excessive self-promotion uh and that i would interpret that as like you can post your stuff as long as it's high quality and you contribute in other ways and it's like not something you post every other day um Case in point, if I if I can, I have a YouTube channel. I try to create interesting videos. I mean, I don't know if they're interesting or not. I try, I try to create videos mm-hmm. um, of mainly pl- me playing weird decks, right? So I posted something in the Artifact subreddit today, mainly because I had seen like three or four posts. It's like there's nothing that people add in this subreddit. Uh, <laughs> and so I posted my video and like, look, I we as content creators have to get out there and put our stuff on on the internet and get people to know that we exist. So I basically said in the body of my post, like, hey, if you're a content creator, I would encourage you to post here. I think it complies with subreddit rules. And 
at this point, it's better than the whining that's happening in the artifact subreddit. So, if they want to ban my self promotion, go for it. But I can't imagine that it's going to be better off without that. You know, maybe it's a con, maybe it's a conversation for a different point in the interview. But I have my feelings on the artifact subreddit. So I, I've actually, um, with your most recent tweet, I added a question at the very end. So that will be um, nice okay. foreshadowing here. Sure, sure. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Now, this is what we're gonna we're gonna talk about art artifacts specifically the game. Sure. What do you feel? I'm not. This is a long question. This is kind of a multi point question. So follow me here. Okay. What do you feel Valve did right with the design and gameplay aspects of Artifact? What do you feel they did wrong? <laughs> and then, um, I and then make sure you like compare this to, I guess, uh, Magic and Duelist or whatever. Sure, sure. So uh, what they did right, first of all, I think that they did a lot right. Uh, The fact that they have this sort of like wholly new idea of how to play a game, obviously like, yeah, you're taking someone from a set number to zero. That's not anything brand new. But like having the game being played over like multiple different areas that's that's totally new, right? Uh, I love that design. Um, I love the idea that there are really no mana requirements other than the fact that you have to have your hero in the lane. Like that seems great. It it deals with issues of color screw, which is an issue in Magic and like Eternal and some other games. Not really in Hearthstone, but the fact that you can switch up your heroes, you can play literally any card in the game together that's something that i think they did right which you can compare to hearthstone like with hearthstone for example you can play warlock but that's it like you can't play cards from other classes here you you have the ability to play cards from other classes and there is a restriction on that like it doesn't it's not free from um risk but the risk is minimized in the sense that like you know if your hero dies you get him back in two turns um I also really like that uh, as sort of a subtle point, which I don't think is necessarily game design per se, but it's a thing that I want to emphasize here. I've had so many games where like all of my heroes or two of my heroes have died on the flop and it's like, well, guess this is game over, but it's not like the comeback mechanics in this game are so good. I don't know if I've ever seen a game where you can come back from what seems like an overwhelming like defeat and like finagle a victory by like I don't know stalling a board just enough to take up the other two boards. Uh, I really like that. Um, no. Man, I could probably oh go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I was gonna say um, I was a, I was a top like a uh, legend player in Hearthstone for a bit. Um, I was playing against pros, and there's a certain feeling that sometimes you just get a deck, and it was like, there's literally nothing I can do right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> the player's not going to make a mistake, and I'm just going to lose, right? Yeah. Um, oh, if I can add one more point to yeah. the things that I like about Artifact. Uh, and this is the reason that I personally have sort of settled on Artifact, at least for the time being. Like, I've jumped around from game to game, um, and I at, for a time I thought I was going to stick with Gwent, because at pre-midwinter patch that was like the best game i had played in a long time but i I really like artifact because it has so many decision points right like with a game like hearthstone and i don't want to pick on hearthstone but you like play your card and you can attack something but in any given turn you probably have like four decisions to make whereas with artifact it's like where do i deploy my hero uh you know yeah that's definitely a lot more um I guess a lot more ability to, to, to have more skill rather than just general like TCG knowledge, which kind of Hearthstone you can get away with, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, there's a lot of seeming RNG in the game, like with creep spawns and creep turns. And yeah, that that impacts games. But at the end of the day, I think a lot of the randomness is um, addressable in the sense that like if you're a good player, you can sort of take that into account and be like, well... Since there are two creeps spawning here, then I want to do something different than what I had originally planned, or I'm going to put my dude here because in the 25% chance that it curves, that's really good for me. Or, you know, you can you can take advantage of the randomness. This isn't randomness that is like, 
pick a, pick a random card from the entirety of the card pool and cast it randomly. Like that's the type of randomness I hate. I do like this sort of like very finite one of three options randomness that that uh, artifact seems to have embraced. So no, of course, and I I think sometimes in the games themselves, um, I feel it's only like once every I would say twenty five games about where you kind of get a curve where you're like oh. I would have totally just taken the tower and won the game, and now I don't, and the other person's gonna win. Like, yeah, I, feel... <laughs> I had a I had a game the other day where it was like I won because my opponent's Janata didn't proc. Like, well, they had a fifty percent <laughs> chance of winning. Better lucky than good. So <laughs> sometimes, but it's also the design, right? Because this is another thing. Actually, I'm gonna go off on the tangent a little bit, or have you talk about this a little bit um, before we get into kind of stuff you think maybe they can improve. Um, Sometimes I feel there are better and worse decks, but when when people are making like random homebrews, I don't think like necessarily you get these ridiculously overpowered decks. Like you know what I mean? Like I feel sometimes even if you have a worse deck, you have a lot more ability to still beat the person. Sure. And I I, th- I feel like that's central to the to the three lane idea, right? Yeah. Like I it, to me, it feels like. I mean, this is evidenced by the fact that, like, you can take basic heroes into draft and, like, still do fine because you can strategically deploy your guys. And, like, it's less about the hero sometimes and more about, like, how you use your resources to achieve victory. So I, I'm always one who brews ridiculous and or bad decks. Uh, <laughs> and sometimes things stick and more often than not they don't. But, yeah, yeah. I, Maybe I've lost sight of what your question was asking, but I I definitely think that you can bring a homebrew and have a decent enough shot. I mean, depending, uh, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Well, I mean, in the in the actual constructed, uh, it might be a little harder, but definitely in draft. Like, I don't think running necessarily not getting the best heroes is a detriment, right? Mm. Um, all right, let's. Yeah, what do you think artifact could improve? And I, I if I asked you this a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Oh yeah, you probably would have had a lot of answers, but uh, kind of take well, me through that, and also take me through the uh, 2018 uh, artifact experience. Sure. So, yeah, pre their decision to alter cards, I was one of the folks in the camp that's like, "Look, guys, if you don't change some cards, this game is gonna not be very fun to play for a particularly long amount of time." Like. You're did not to you know parrot everything that's been said on Reddit ad nauseum, but like you're a digital medium. Like if you don't embrace the fact that you have this ability to alter cards, what are you doing? Like, I, so I'm very happy that they decided to make some changes. To be perfectly blunt, I think I personally would like to see them go farther with a lot of cards. So I, this is this is an example. Well, let me say broadly, I think that there are a lot of bad cards that they've made. And, you know, Mark Rosewater, who's one of the lead designers for Magic, has an article out there that you can find on the Internet that says, like, why bad cards are good design. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that entirely, but um, there are some cards that just like, why would I ever play this card? Like, make me... (laughs) Uh, Rolling Thunder, well, that's not the example I was going to use, but, like, yeah, take that for example. You're paying, compare that to Lightning Strike, which is not a good card in its own right either, but, like, with (laughs) with Rolling Thunder, you're paying more mana to do less focused damage and also damage yourself, and it's an uncommon. Like, what's happening right now? (laughs) Um, The other example that I, I personally circle back to all the time is the Red Path Improvement. Um, I forget what the exact name is, compared to Mists of Avernus. So let's just like compare these side to side for a second. The Red Path like targets one thing if you cast a spell like uh, and is rare, whereas Mist like targets everything every single turn, irrespective of what you do, and it's uncommon. Like, why would I ever in a million years play this red path? Even if like in a vacuum where Miss Avernus didn't exist, like the red path is still terrible. You're spending in it three mana, which for constructed purposes is an entire turn for, for, I don't know, most of the game. 
and you get like such a mediocre bonus and it's not even focused on a hero like if it was like pump your hero one attack then i could maybe justify it like ah you're getting a permanent bonus but like when you pump a melee creep it's like <laughs> well what <laughs> what am i doing i don't know so i think that they have a lot of cards that are poorly designed not in the sense that like they were purposely made bad cards for a reason they just seem like really crappy cards that i would want to have changed like why why have this card exist man just just yeah i see i see so well now that they've kind of taken upon this design philosophy of uh starting to kind of play around with it i'm sure they could probably buff a lot of lower end cards that no one's using right i'm guessing they probably have the statistics right i'd imagine yeah, I I think that that's probably the way to go from their design, from their I guess financial policy. Like that seems to me like the be the way to go. Because if you nerf cards, then all of a sudden like people are mad that their card lost value, right? But if you buff cards, people are happy. It's like oh crap, my five cent rare just became a fifteen cent rare. Like Scrooge McDuck it up, <laughs> jump in a bathtub full of quarters. Uh, so what else did Valve get wrong? Um, I think that there are some things with the UI that I would want to change. Um, I don't know. I recently, oh my God, ugh, I'm going to rein myself in, but I was in. <laughs> I, I, I saw some Twitter posts, so I'm, I'm curious. So I was in the We Play Constructed Tournament. I forget. It was like strength. It was a qualifier for that. And I had what I thought was a great play, and I went to go cast my improvement into another lane. And as I was doing so, the camera panned back to my lane, and I let go of the mouse, and it threw the improvement in the wrong lane. And I was just so angry. And it was one of those things where I got my opponent to, like, I don't know, four life on the last tower, where if I had cast the improvement in that lane, I just would have easily crushed him. And I lost the match because of that, because it was game three, and I was just so salty. And I don't normally get salty, but it, the the whole camera zooming thing is obnoxious. For example, like in streaming, sometimes I want to like zoom out and talk about like the overarching plan for this round based on like what things line up with what in various lanes, and I have to like keep zooming out because every time my opponent does something, it's like oh, it zooms back in on that lane. It's like no, stop that. You know what you uh, should do when the opponent does something? It should just give you like a little I don't know bubble speech bubble. It just says. Like your turn or something, you know, like something yeah. pretty basic instead of, oh, every, I just want to like, let's just say I'm concentrating on like, cause I'm, I'm kind of weird. I don't like zooming out. I, I actually just kind of go to the lanes I'm looking at. So <laughs> I'm in lane three, looking at lane three while like lane one's going on, kind of being like, okay, what do I want to do here? And then it just keeps pushing me back to lane one every time. Uh, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> it's infuriating to me. I, I, I don't know whether they should just like allow you to toggle that off that seems like the easiest solution to me mm-hmm. but then i guess the complaint would be like oh i didn't know my turn was up except for the fact that you get these like 15 second notifications like i don't know i do really like that by the way where you have a very objective idea of how much time is left oh, in your turn sure. i like the way they do their t- i know that we're talking about shitty things about artifact but i'll go back and say some good I'm things fine. I- listen i've heard enough uh complaining to uh I don't know, amuse a, a set of preschoolers in the artifacts of Reddit. So um, feel free to, you know, bring some positivity. Sure. So their time banking is is great. I really like that. It's, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of a game called Prismata, but that has one of the, first of all, Prismata is a great game. Uh, and for everyone who hates RNG, you should go play that game because it has zero RNG in it. Um <laughs> It's it's a great game. I uh, I really like it. And one of the things that they did well was time banking, where it's like you have X amount of time for your turn, and if you don't use all that time, half of it's added to your time bank. So it's sort of like artifact. I don't know. I, I like the fact that it's not a strict you know chess clock where you have twenty five minutes for a match. You know you can uh, you can take your time, or you can you sort of like play fast in the beginning so you can build up time later. I I, I really do like that. Um, <laughs> Sorry, just just a note on that building out time. Yeah, you want to play fast early because then if you ever get tilted, you know, yeah. you can really just. <laughs> I I you know I I don't want to judge people too harshly because I think that everyone was sort of new when these first couple tournaments came out. But seeing so many people time out and then like rewatching the first 
round of the game where they waste like 30 seconds with no possible plays and just sort of like staring at the board like <laughs> that loss is on you dude like you could have hit the accept button much faster um uh so one thing that i i guess sort of let's go back to what valve did wrong um one thing that I would really like to have seen personally is much longer, I guess, runs. I don't know. Five runs seems like an awful short amount of games to play. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's maybe they decided on that because games routinely last like 20 minutes, which is kind of long. But like, I don't know. I'd like to see how far I could get with this deck. You know, with Hearthstone, it's you take your arena deck for 12, 12 games or I guess 12 wins. And I, I'm uh, guessing they'd have to adjust pricing for that as well, but it's yeah. definitely doable, right? Yeah. I also I, think I, I was I was talking to my friend about this as well, and I also think they could probably, like, even if you lose all your games, I think they should be able to give you like a common card, like you know what I mean, like some token of like. So I don't personally care about that, but I think from a like psychological standpoint, that would help a lot of the grinders. Like, yeah. Oh, at least I got something out of it. Um, I don't like their prize structure in the sense that like if you do a keeper draft and you get a perfect run, you've still lost money unless you get good cards. So like that to me just that doesn't make any sense because then it's uh, basically purely incentivizing rare drafting, you know, like yep, if you can't, exactly how you do it. <laughs> if you can't make money by going perfect, like why would you ever do a keeper draft unless you just want to build up your collection? Cause you might as well. I, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense from a strategic standpoint or a monetary standpoint. So, I think you actually get a better drafting experience in the Phantom drafts. So, uh, for whatever that's worth, folks listening to this, that's where I think the better players should gravitate towards eventually. Towards the Phantom draft, or to the yeah, yeah, yeah the the Phantom like the the one ticket Phantom draft because you still get prizes, but like. You don't have this weird sort of. I think incent- most people go there. Yeah, no keeper. I think people have kind of realized that keeper is mostly for collection gathering. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to think. Uh, the The main thing that I haven't touched on, but literally every everyone else in the universe has, is that their sort of chat functionality is garbage. <laughs> uh, I do really like the implementation of being able to say the lines with heroes and stuff like that. Oh man, I am. I'm really exercising my BM muscles with that. <laughs> um, but, like, case in point, I had an incredible game with some dude uh, not too long ago. And I was like, oh, man, I really want to chat about this. But no. for whatever reason, I just instinctively hit go to next match. And I was like, no. <laughs> and I couldn't remember his name because for whatever reason, they've got it set up so that you can't even see the person's full name and the artifact screen, at least it just like gets truncated so you see the first half or something maybe it's just my computer who knows but i'm curious if um artifact has a functionality um that i know rocket league does is after a game you can hit shift tab and you do steam and game and you can see recent players oh maybe it does maybe it does um, mm. so that's maybe try try that next time i don't know do you are you saying that politely like it definitely has that functionality no no i have no okay. idea i haven't tested it no no um i could be you know it could just not be there it could be like a psionics thing right not a yeah. not a valve thing so i i don't know if that functionality is there but definitely try it i guess next time um <laughs> wow i sound condescending um all right let's let's move on to 2018 all right and the roller sure. coaster that was uh I want your like general thoughts on kind of the way the whole hype going into the game, the whole everybody like wanting to um, boycott the game, like everybody whining and then everybody's, yeah, I don't know. It was all over the place. Uh, kind of your thoughts on that. So I, just as a point of reference, I'm probably not the best person to ask about this just because like, well, I you know, I didn't pick up the game until after its release at the end of November. So like I kept up with some of the news, yeah, no, but, but I didn't talk in after release. That's what we're talking. Oh, we're oh talking yeah, yeah. November end of November, okay. December, that whole Gotcha, gotcha. So I think people I, I was talking this about this with someone the other day where if this were like an indie game developer, I don't think people would really have given 
that much of a um, backlash, right? Like, <laughs> Sorry. you know, th- this is a it, compared to a lot of games. This came out with a lot of polish, right? It, it was lacking some things, yeah, but like, you know, it's a great game. It didn't have a chat functionality, sure. Uh, the monetization is not something that's particularly pop- popular, it seems. But all in all, I think it came out to be a great game. But the fact that this is a Valve that published it, it puts such a high bar that the fact that it didn't have some like basic features like chat, it was just astounding to some people. I don't know as if I ever thought that boycotting the game was ever going to happen. Like, no, that that's not going to happen. But um, I sort of get the backlash like you guys didn't need to release the game right now you could have spent the week and a half it was to like install this chat feature or something like that i don't really know why they launched it when they did when it was sort of you know what honestly i don't think they thought it would be such a big deterrent you know what i mean like i yeah i don't think i think the reason we had changes so quickly is because right away like i don't know if you were on the subreddit when this happened but there was like a full week where everyone's like, I'm getting my refund on Artifact. And that was, and while I understand it's very like whiny, whatever, it's also like they, they were like, oh no, like we're losing a lot of people over this. So we have to do something now. And yeah. maybe I think their original goal might have just been to like, hey, like release the game, try it out, you know, what kind of implements things um, categorically as kind of the, as we move forward, right? Yeah. Um, Maybe they want to get a release before Christmas as well. That might have been a goal. I, uh, I think, honestly, this bodes ill for like future games because I've seen a lot of complaints in the recent past where it's like, oh, this game stayed in beta forever. Like This game has been beta for three years. And Valve releases their game, and it's all of a sudden like, oh, this, doesn't, this functionality doesn't exist. This doesn't exist. What are you doing releasing your game? And it's like, is this really like what we're going to be fretting about right now I, I don't know so it sort of just incentivizes other developers to just sit in beta forever because then at least they have that plausible deniability like hey whoa whoa we're still in beta you guys like <laughs> we we couldn't possibly ex- be expected to have everything um but yeah i think i was on the subreddit and it was like i this is the fact that i'm paying 20 dollars and have to pay cards uh this is outrageous this is a scandal Oh my my dog just came into the room and I hope she's not going to be super annoying but she always is. Yeah. Um so uh yeah I, I don't know man people on Reddit I don't know whether it's this artifact subreddit in particular or or what but it's just been this sort of cesspool of toxicity for, for quite a while and uh I hope it gets better to be perfectly blunt. Yeah, I'm I'm just going to go in uh to uh I don't know if you because I, I, I was part of the starcraft scene for quite a while and um there came a point that like it also i think this happens with a lot of subreddits where they just become really toxic um and they had a whole like dead meat dead game meme and then like the dead the game's dying and all that um and it's actually right now like the most you know healthiest it's been in like five years so <laughs> Um, I, I think sometimes people overreact and the people that want to stay are going to stay. Uh, I'm just hoping that, that we kind of get a, I think, I think the, the, the draw of artifact is the gameplay itself. And I think that we'll like slowly get more and more people wanting to play the game. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Not, not to interject, but like, that's what happens with the, like, Maybe I shouldn't be so optimistic because it's valve and like, it should already have, it should have started so high, but like with, with uh with eternal for example um that's a game that for the longest time had like few players and like a hundred concurrent twitch viewers at any point in time and then over the past i want to say six months or so its player base has just exploded because of twitch drops that they've had so now like the top streamers are getting a thousand viewers a piece um you know it will grow, I assume, once people sort of like get over the fact that this launch wasn't as perfect as it could have been. Because yeah, I think the gameplay is is great, um, and this is not me like being a fanboy or being shill or anything like that. Just 
I really like high quality games, and if something's not good, I'm just gonna leave it. So, yeah, no, for I'm, sure. I'm gonna. I I really like it. I think that it has a lot of uh, strategy and depth to it, and the fact that we've only sort of scratched the surface of deck building, and there's only <laughs> one set out like that to me just is really promising. So, you know, it's, uh, it's great. And I also want to say the. Um, I feel like the the once once we kind of get that big valve tournament that they promised i think that yeah. would be a big step too in promoting the game because that that was definitely my draw i i heard one million dollar tournament <laughs> i was like okay what's all this artifact stuff about and then and then you got the memes when when people when people were freaking on reddit it's like okay i think you know i i never thought i'd win the one million dollar tournament but at this point it feels like all i have to do is just keep playing the game when the tournament comes around yeah yeah uh i hope that they have i don't know have they announced their how to join it or is it just going to be all invite only and i really hope that they have like a bunch of open open qualifiers qualifiers. if it's not open qualifiers like that's that i think that's death yeah i because i one of the reasons in my opinion that like magic succeeded the way it did is because for a long time anyone could succeed like all you had to do was show up with a deck and a prayer and like heck you could win the tournament and um with all these like star power events and like hearthstone where it's all invite only it's like how does the normal joe schmo ever feel invested in this although hearthstone hasn't really done much invite only recently at least okay fair enough you've yeah well i don't know what i guess back in the day it was a lot of invite but at this point I mean, less, this is the thing, though. If if you are a tournament organizer that's not the official game, I think th- I, I understand why why you're doing invites because your goal is to get as many viewers as you can, right? Sure. Um, but if you are Valve itself, then, it like, and that's why I say, like, Blizzard itself in Hearthstone, right? Like, the, the reason there's a whole system, there's a whole qualifying system, um, and they're actually streamlining it this year, but point being... Is because it's like we are we are the like we're not just some tournament that needs viewership like we we can promote this ourselves you know what I mean like just the fact our names on the brand is enough for promotion um, and saying this is the best player in this game right now like that's enough usually um, yeah and I think that hopefully will carry I uh oh man I totally spaced sorry I'm trying to make sure my dog isn't yelping or anything like that as she begs for a treat and i had a really really good and insightful point but i forgot it so i guess let's move forward all right let's move on um all right thoughts on the new skill-based system the kind of the way they implemented it one to 75 you're like are you liking it are you not liking it oh um so i'm sort of indifferent on it and maybe i just don't know enough about it so uh like when it first came out, I was like, "What is this? What is this? Like, I don't care about this." But I, I guess the um, once the dust settles, you'll be able to tell who's a good player by like I'm level, you know, seventy three, and there's only like two level seventy threes in the game. But if it's just a product of like grinding and grinding and grinding, then it really seems like it devalues that. Mm-hmm. So I I. I don't know the inner workings of. I think it is based on MMR. I don't there know. Be some kind of. There has to be some kind of MMR because it's not. At least from what I've played, it's not like you level up just because you win a game. Like it's yeah, not but over time, yeah. MMR also sort of like implies you can lose MMR too, right? But you can't lose a rank. I, I don't know. Maybe I. I assume this. Is my assumption is that you hit, you gain that rank, and then let's just say you lose like three or four games. So your MMR goes down to the rank below. Yeah, but you don't lose it. And then you have to re-win that many games, if that sure. makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I imagine that that's the case, too. I personally think I would have chosen something different. Um, like, uh, I don't know how to do like it. Honestly, I don't really like the whole grind to legend each season type thing. But that at least gives you a quantifiable, like, this person made it to this tier, which is an impressive feat. Um, I think I think basic MMR tiers have been done in every game. Like, Blizzard's been doing this. Every other game under the moon's been doing this. Like, do your bronze, silver, gold. You yeah. Know? Like, that. that is usually... People can relate to that because they, they have so much experience with it. When you say you're level 75, it's like, oh, did you just spend a lot of time? 
Yeah. Um, I, and Hearthstone, actually, there's a little bit of that too, right? Like, did you just play a million games to get the legend? Um, and from my experience, the first time you do it, you play a million games. The second time you do it, it's actually easier, but I digress. I, uh, I think this is just an idea I had, so you can shoot it down or point out the flaws. I think they had actually might have been better at starting off at like level 100 and making your way to level one. Cause I think that is something that people understand a little bit better. Like at least in the term, like in the realm of esports, like being level one, I don't know, maybe. No, maybe I not. listen, if you're saying, okay, I, I, I get what you're saying, but I'm going to shoot it down. <laughs> the reason, okay, cool. The reason is I think, um, Hearthstone set that precedent that like we're going down levels and then we hit legend, right? And then legend, it's actual, this is what your rank is in the region right now. And that was the philosophy behind the levels going down. That being said, if you're thinking about levels, you're like, when it, like whenever I play any, you know, RuneScape back in the day, whatever, I'm leveling up, right? I'm, I think, I, like, when I think of the levels getting bigger, I like it because it's like, oh, you know, I have, I, I feel like, well, also, in, I, I'm just gonna take Overwatch an example, right? Um, you have you have your like bronze, gold, diamond, whatever, but you also have um, an SR number associated with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like when you're in bronze, you have like a thousand. Your SR is around a thousand, and then when you're in GM, it's like four thousand five five hundred or whatever. So, it it. The, the number growing is something that I'm used to, at least with esports. And I think, if anything, Hearthstone did it backwards. Like sure. I, 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 I much would rather prefer to get to, like, Grand Champion or, like, something, right? And then do, okay, now you're, like, top 1,000 in Legend. Sure. I, and I don't know. Maybe, like, esports it broadly does it differently but i think in the terms of sort of card games card and sports games. you you it all has its same paradigm where it's like going from a high number to a low number that's beside the point of though i guess my my big concern is like these numbers don't represent skill as much as they represent like grinding ability so i, I, I really don't like that because we want skill because i i think this is a big thing that you've probably noticed right you get a lot of content creators or people on Twitch and you're like, I don't know how good this person is. If you're looking yeah, for yeah. high quality streamers, right? Like that's why, that's why hyped. I mean, whether you're like it or not, the only person I know that's a great player. And well, I mean, obviously there's a couple of pro players, but when, when hyped is streaming, I know I'm getting the stream from the best player in the world. Sure. currently, Right. And yeah. when you get just a random, you know, um, some, someone just randomly streaming, you're like, this person could just be really bad, and and if that's if you're looking for high level gameplay, then that might not be the streamer for you. If you're just looking for entertainment, then it doesn't matter. But yeah, I, I guess it will we'll see what you know what it means if if this does if the ranking does correlate with like actual skill and not just grinding, then I think it's a fine system. If it if you can get to level seventy five just by playing a zillion games, then I, it doesn't seem like it's doing what it needs to do. So. I, I think we're on the same point there. At l- this level needs to indicate, like, is this person good enough that I should be spending my time watching what they're doing yeah. rather than, like, any any other qualification? So, well, um, if, it's, if it's a good system, at least, it could be, like, to enter the tournament. At least, at least if it's not a grindy ooh. system, to enter this tournament, you need to have at least level 20 something i don't know is that uh is that a thing like have they that's a brilliant idea i really like that i like it but i don't like it because once again i you know come from hearthstone and it was like to get points into the premier system you have to be top 200 um so i want to do that but i would i would for like a minimum base level if they had something like that that would be that'd be good yeah i well the whole top 200 type thing to me with hearthstone it was always so volatile like oh, you yeah. want to get people would be on three different servers and they'd just be like hopefully i can get to 100 on because you, you get points from you try to qualify on all three servers that's the way the pros did it so they, yeah they just they grind as high as they could and when they couldn't go any higher they're like well hopefully i don't lose this by the end of the day you know yeah i i once qualified for a magic pro tour by being one of the top 100 players in the world and it was like i was on the cusp i was like 99 <laughs> like the night before they had the cutoff and i was like well Going to bed. Hopefully, when I wake up, I'm still top hundred. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't like having such a high cutoff, but having like a bare, like a pretty low, so you don't get just 
not to not to like belittle them, but like just random idiots in the in the thing. People who will actually take the tournament seriously. Of that's course. who I want in the tournaments. Yeah. Um, all right, I think that's good for that. Um, here, thoughts on Phantom Draft versus Constructed, the gameplay, and what do you enjoy more? So, okay, um, I think that I'm not in the minority here. I think most people agree that drafting is like the premier way to play artifact. At least that's how I see it. Like, there is so much depth to the draft process, and it lends itself to games that are a lot more interesting. Um, I don't know if that's going to hold true forever once they release more cards. Um, because right now, Constructed feels a little bit like there are like two top, I guess, three top tier decks. And like you're either playing one of those or you're trying something out weird to like get a, a, a spot to take, you know, two of those matchups down while having a really bad matchup against the third or you're just playing a bunch of garbage. Um, so constructed feels a little bit too samey to me right now. I, I think a, that can be addressed with like some strategic nerfs. Uh, to go touch on one point, by the way, that we haven't really talked about or I sort of didn't talk about. I don't really like the, the axe nerf. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they should have left his power at seven because like the main draw to axe to me it was like the fact that he killed a lot of these blue heroes and the fact that he is no longer able to like kill a Zeus or an Ogre Magi or something like that is one of the reasons I think that there was such a high resurgence in blue, like mono blue decks, but that's neither here nor there. I I mean, I in think some that, ways nerfing time of triumph might've been, might've been a way to go instead. I don't know. Maybe I'm just, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know that. There are the the problem to me with constructed is that there are cards that are pretty heavily pushed, and it feels like a mistake to not play them if you're in that color. And mm-hmm. I I don't really like that sort of design. Um, so for example, like before the nerfs, Drow was an example. Like why would you ever play any green hero over Drow? Like her card was OP, her stats are fine, and her passive ability is just like out of this world good. So like. I, I I think that in time, once more cards are released and once they have a better understanding of like strategically nerfing or buffing some cards, they can create a really good meta. But right now it feels sort of a little bit stale. Uh, but again, I think that that's something that'll change. I think that happens a lot of the time with card games in general. I don't think artifacts any different. So um, as long as they come out with you know new content, at least on a regular and semi-frequent basis constructed will be interesting. Like Mm -hmm. the best, the best way that I have seen that be done instead of releasing these huge, you know, sets is like every month they release five new cards and these five new cards are just good enough that where it's like, I wonder if this card is playable. I wonder if this card is playable and people are like, try them out in different decks. So I don't, I've seen that. I like that. I kind of like that because it's like, Sometimes when you get a set that's too big, right? You're like, I don't even know where to start. And there's might be some hidden gems you just overlook because there's 140 cards for you to look at, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and since you don't necessarily have to like buy, I, I don't know how they're going to do future sets, but you know they, they're not sort of forced to do like discrete quanta of like <laughs> this is this set, this is another set. But um, not to circle back to Eternal again, but they do a really cool thing where when they release a new set, their draft breakdown changes. So right now they just released their like fifth or sixth set. And instead of drafting like set five and some other sets and then set five again, they have like these weird custom packs, which have like specifically chosen cards from all the other sets to play with that sort of play off the new abilities and the new sets. Oh, that's really cool. I like that. Yeah. uh, I think that was a really, really smart idea on their part, the way to introduce old cards back into, you know, to new players without having to, have old packs necessarily which have some themes that just don't play well with the new set um but yeah to to get back to your original question i i don't know who would disagree but to me it feels like drafting is sort of like the most fun way to play the game mm-hmm. um and maybe that's just because there's not been enough deck building and uh you know i 
I, I'll be the first to say that I really like deck building, and I think that a lot of people don't, and a lot of people tend to gravitate towards whatever the quote-unquote best deck is, which in turn sort of perpetuates that being the best deck. Of course, yeah. There's a lot. There's a, there's a huge feedback loop with that. So until you get a lot of like dedicated deck designers, and more importantly, like high visibility tournaments that are constructed where people can sort of showcase these new decks, like then you're going to end up with yeah this sort of like rock paper scissors format without a whole lot of innovation because most people don't like to innovate for sure and i i've noticed that too that it's well the one nice thing this is just kind of going back to the uh skill system but now at least if you're in a lower rank um hopefully you're seeing more deck variety (laughs) yeah because everyone who decided to go out and buy or you know or or get those high-end decks hopefully they're gone you know um yeah Although it's kind of sucks when you meet one of them and you can tell they're a bad player, but they're <laughs> yeah. I mean, there will always be bad players that that will buy the best deck and play and be like, "Ugh, this deck sucks." I'm, you know, <laughs> it's never their problem, but yeah. Okay, here here's my last question. All right, we're okay. winding down a little bit here, um, and we alluded to it earlier. Um, why is the artifact subreddit a bunch of whiners? Oh. uh... Okay, so I don't, I don't have an answer to this. I, I part of me is wondering like if some of it's astroturfing from other <laughs> games, like people who are like predominantly Magic Arena players that are like, <laughs> I want Magic Arena su- to succeed, and therefore Artifact must fail. So they're just, uh, they're just there and they're just toxic beyond belief, and they just, you know what? There's probably some Discord, all right, and all it is is like called Destroy Artifact. And it's like these other TCG players, and all they do is like, okay, we're going to upvote together these negative posts and bring down the system. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I think once you get a big enough community, just there will always be toxic people. And I, the solution to me is like either downvoting these posts, which is like really difficult because you have to reach your mouse all the way over to the downvote button. <laughs> downvote it. Um, yeah, TCG players are not known for their APM, all right? There might be some misclicks. They might upvote by accident. You know, who knows? Yeah. I, and I don't know. I think that there is some very justifiable, like, disappointment with the game as released. And I don't know. I don't think that that's warranted still. But people sort of, like, kind of, like, riding this high of being salty about it. So it might be sort of residual, I think, if valve had sort of come out of the gates and knocked us out of the park we wouldn't have seen all the saltiness but now that the sort of saltiness is a i don't know quote unquote way of life in the subreddit people just sort of like gravitate towards it you know it's like let's make some artifact of shit memes that's just sort of like what you do these days you know that that's i i don't have an answer other than people are assholes sometimes so hopefully hopefully things settle down and we get some better content and uh people aren't quite as obnoxious in the future but who knows there are some justifiable criticisms i get it uh and i agree with them but the fact of the matter is that people sort of like harp on them ad nauseum and i don't know what they expect at this point in time i'm I'm a rather positive guy in general so maybe that's just me yeah well, who knows? Who knows? All right. Well, thank you for joining me. Um, before we go, um, we're going to post your Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch down below, but just a shout it out to anyone who's uh, listening. Cool. It's all of it is Z-O-O-C-H-Z. So that's Twitter. That's YouTube. That's my Twitch. It's convenient. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I hope, you know, hopefully you're, oh, do you, you, you don't have a regular schedule like you said. <laughs> Uh man, so this is gonna this will be like a two minute little foray into my my psyche if you want, but okay. I have some real uh, bad habits with like playing artifact when I shouldn't be, and so I <laughs> so I like my girlfriend was like you need to give me a set schedule. So right now my schedule is like Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, but uh, I streamed this Wednesday, and she's like, no, you streamed Wednesday, you can't stream again, and it's like okay, yeah, you're right. Um, so it's sort of like up in the air, but I'll say Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday is my tentative current set schedule for streaming, uh, and it's 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is minus 5 GMT to uh, 11 p.m., so 
Uh, but I also just stream whatever I want sometimes. Like I don't know. To your to your girlfriend's disappointment. Well, um, you know this this podcast might not keep you on task, but we know someone in your life will. Uh, yeah. <laughs> with that, uh, we're gonna get out of here. Thank you, uh, please for from our end. Um, be sure to follow the podcast on Podbean, iTunes, all that. Um, uh, if you like this content especially and you want to see more interviews, uh, it'd be good to. I know there's kind of the Chris, uh, the Christmas holiday break or whatever, and uh, you never know with that how the how the viewers are. But uh, you know, if if you want me to keep making this content, it's good to, to see the viewer the viewers kind of rise a bit, or at least stay somewhat steady. So uh, yeah, definitely, definitely, hopefully uh, promote both of us, <laughs> and uh, have a have a great week. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for being on. All right. Bye. Bye.